0: Space. The Final Frontier. Space Station Ashland sits on the edge of Federation space with its companionship, the USS Dalamas Christian. The space around them is full of mystery and strange wonders, where secrets are kept and danger lurks around every corner. The crew of the Dalamis Christian must navigate treacherous waters as they work to protect the Federation, but as they peer into the unknown they will discover that the line between friend and foe is not always clear. They will be tested like never before and will face challenges that will push them to their limits. Join us on this adventure as we explore the farthest reaches of space and uncover the hidden truths that lie within the shadows. Tabletop Journeys presents Star Trek Preservations.
1: Trek preservations there is a zindi primate as well as a zindi insectoid ambassador the zindi insectoid ambassador is a bit jittery in his motions and movements and is speaking fast enough that the universal translator is not quite picking up on it this indicates that he is either quite excited or quite agitated captain Now. And you can see his robes billow from the sides as he exhales and the air moves in and out of his carapace and then begins to slow. Captain, tell me of your progress. We grow impatient we have just completed scans
2: of system al35455q and one of the very large moons of the jovian gas giant is very promising ambassador i should have more information within the next few hours planetoid you cannot find
1: me a whole planet
2: it's a very large moon bigger than even earth I would not waste your time with something puny, Ambassador.
1: As you wrap up that communication, Ocean, your signal your station picks up a blip. You have a ship about to exit warp into the system. And Okay. Not a proximity alert, nothing coming in on any kind of attack vector or profile, but it's a bigger mm-hmm. ship. In fact, it is a Ferengi-Decora-class starship. It comes out of warp and stops safe distance from your from the Dalamas Christian in a posture that puts it directly facing you. Space is 3D. As we look at it on 2D television, it is sitting a little higher in plane to where the llama's Christian is, and tilted. You can see the breath of it, and it's clearly a posturing m- motion to create an impression, as Ferengi are wont to do.
0: Fair enough. So as the as I see this, I will say, incoming ship, sir. My thumb will be on whatever button will bring us to yellow alert, but I'm not going to hit the button. As soon as the words are out of his mouth, I will, I will hit the
1: button. <laughs> if there was ever a knockout gas, you would have fell on the button anyway. <laughs> Ocean, the tactical officer with a dead man switch for yellow or red alert. <laughs> left to right, baby. Just give me left to right.
0: He's got the foot pedal. Yeah. Mr. Ocean, hail them, please. Hailing now, sir. Ferengi vessel. This is the USS Dilemma's Christian. Please state your business.
1: The screen comes on and it's got assumed like a fuzz to it, and then it mm. clears and wipes in this weird kind of television action movie like parting of the curtains, and reveals the character behind is a Ferengi. He actually has that old style back piece to headdress. He is wearing the regalia of a daemon. And he looks around. He straightens himself up. He's got all kinds of regalia. His bridge is filled with all kinds of trophies. There's statues that look like they're latinum, or at least something that looks like latinum. There's a couple of Orion females, fully clothed, but definitely dressed to impress in their own specific way. One of them gently caressing his lobes as he speaks, and he says... Unto those of you on the Dilemmas Christian, I am Damon Brazig.
2: Computer volume down 70%. How can we help you, Damon?
1: I have the rights to this system and demand to know why you are here in my territory.
2: I look over to Shaw. Did you get any memo from Ferenginar about this being his system, Commander? i uh, double checked, but I don't remember seeing that on the, uh, the survey logs. I swivel in my chair. Commander Ocean, did you get a note from Ferenginar
1: that this planet belonged to this gentleman?
0: Absolutely not, sir.
1: I see, I'd be I- happy to send over the files esteemed captain of the federation
2: we would be more than happy to receive your data daemon
1: communications send the file
0: as we receive the file i would like to make sure that it's buffered properly
2: ultraviolet scan protocol you don't trust the (laughs) daemon
0: I work in information technology, dude. I'm a security officer, so I
1: just... (laughs) We run it through the equivalent of the pattern transport filter. I don't trust myself some days. (laughs) That's that's my job. (laughs) They haven't asked us about our Starship warranty? (laughs) That's the XO of the Ferengi ship, actually. (laughs) On the board, we have been attempting to contact you about your extended warranty. Did I reach you at a bad time? <laughs> would you care to roll? I guess that would be competency, control, security. Okay. That's my forte. And your difficulty would be three in this particular
0: case. A three. We have momentum, yes? Yes. All right. I'm going to buy one momentum. I'm going to buy one D20 with a momentum. Okay. Where is my final D20? That's not good. I'll re-roll one of these. I rolled an 8 and a 9 and a... I'm going to reroll that because I have the cautious security talent. I was an 18. Okay. Whenever I attempt to a task with security, I buy one or more D20s. By sp- spending momentum, I may reroll a D20. Twenty. So one more and momentum? It's a two. So Ooh. I get four successes.
2: It's as part one he spent the original momentum to get the extra die. Got it's it. just it just activates the feature. I assume for the ship you want computer security?
1: Yes. If you would care to roll. A six,
2: which is going to be more. So success from the ship.
1: So total successes oh, is- I get- Five. Five total, three was the amount, so you gain two momentum for the effort. It is not bugged or no ransomware or spyware or viruses or anything like that. It is valid data. It also checks as being accurate. In specific, the provenance of the rights to this system are a bit convoluted, but they do seem to be legitimate. He does legally have the rights to the system, basically mineral and colonial rights to this particular star system, and it was originally a system that was held by the Breen, but it was ceded to local control – At the close of the Dominion War, basically as reparations for their involvement in the Dominion War, they had to give up control to systems that they had not yet colonized, but had control over. So this was a system that they gave up. It has not been worked. There are no active stations or anything in the area. But whoever got that control basically didn't have the resources to utilize it. Since the war, it has changed hands 10 different times, and its most recent transfer of ownership took place when a bar owner on Deep Space Nine lost it to this individual at the Dabo tables.
0: So I'll put him on mute and tell you that it checks out, sir.
2: Very good, Commander. Would you page Lieutenant Najar, have him come up to the Bridge if you please.
0: Certainly. I'll send an internal ship communication to the lieutenant. Sir, you're needed on the bridge.
1: Hi.
2: That's a pretty good glut impression you did lately, Ronica. I like it. It's almost like he was in the room.
1: <laughs> I've probably done at least that good in the past. Sometimes these things happen just by accident. I've known him for a minute. <laughs> Uh, Commander Shaw, make sure they don't do anything dumb,
2: including firing on us. I'm going to be in my ready room. let send the lieutenant in when he gets here.
1: 100. So the friend standing there waiting.
2: Uh, Mr. Ocean, Tome will need a few hours to confirm his validity of his claim.
1: Sounds good. I
2: And I, like, walk off the bridge, like, while no. it's on mute, into my ready room.
0: And I'll just, I'll look at him for a good minute, just stare at him on the screen, and then turn him off of mute. Damon, the captain will be verifying your claim. We will be in touch shortly. And I'll cut the communication.
1: Okay. The jar comes to your ready room. Lieutenant. Good.
2: I right. hand him a data pad. I'm like, how's your start for the property claims law? As good as it'll have to be, Captain. Perfect. Congratulations. You're, no, you're my new JAG officer. I see. So I need you to dig in here and verify that these claims to mineral rights are valid, and how valid are they if they've not actually been mined or colonized, and what this Ferengi's claim is.
1: I'll get right on that. Excellent. Commander Ocean? Sir? Please get me
2: a secure connection to Ascension Commander Admiral Pritchard's office, please.
0: Already on it, sir. I knew you would. This is
2: Pritchard. It is Commander Tobor. I have a development that has occurred, sir. A Decora-class ship arrived in the system that we were surveying, and the most promising-looking moon on their 7th, vast giant planet claiming he has mineral and colonization rights to it. We're trying to track that down, but I'm sh- sure you're aware we are running out of time. The Zindi are
1: getting more and more agitated as time passes. I'm well aware. You seem to have placated them for the time being. I was told you were given less than a day. Yes, so if it turns out
2: that this planet is suitable to the Zindi's needs, I'm going to need to know how much the Federation is going to be willing to buy it from this Ferengi, sir.
1: I will see what I can put together, but they're going to take that out of our resources here at the station. I don't see any other way. It's a three-day
2: trek for the Dalamis Christian to the next viable star system. If the Zindi are to be believed, we're down to our last few options. There is another gas giant in the system that also has larger habitable moons, but this one seems to be taken with an option to
1: purchase. Just to clarify, the Damon's records indicate that he has claims to the entire system. Oh, I, that's, I say that instead. Okay. I may not have an official word from Starfleet in time. Use Understood. your use your judgment. Don't break the bank, Captain. We'll do. I'll get out of my piggy bank, sir. I'll keep you informed. Till we out. Richard out. There you go. Alright, senior staff to the conference room. Senior staff arrives. Did you want a jar as well? Yeah, he counts enough. Okay. The jar shows up as well. He's got oh, and three I, or four I, different pads. He's, he's not really fumbling them. He's actually a little bit more methodical than that, but he does have a lot of information that he's working with here. Yeah, and also if
2: we can get Chief of lore if he's still, if he's
1: aboard, I don't know
2: if we left him.
1: He's not aboard. He was taking care of some negotiations for freighter captains for the Commodore. Basically, they're trying to get more, they're trying to get better deals on freight to and from the station to assist and speed up things. Yep, makes sense, okay. So,
2: uh, like, Lieutenant, I know you haven't had too terribly much time to look at this, and I'm gonna ask you to continue to dig into it, but I think from Commander Ocean's initial read of it, the deed itself looks
1: valid and genuine. It does, sir, and to be specific, it looks like it is also very specific. There's a finite amount of time that somebody can not improve the territory before it's seed back in some fashion to original ownership. In this case that would be the breen. So it looks like there have been issues with securing ability to have things brought here. Several of the owners have successfully managed to have missions head to this space. Various mishaps. A couple were hit by raiders, but basically, no one has successfully got equipment and personnel to this state to this system to qualify for making use of the territory. Therefore, locking in ownership and control. Would a Zindi colony count as improving the system? If somebody had the legal rights, that would count as improving the system. Yes, but they'd have to have the rights before. They made improvements based on stand- current intergalactic law, but we could negotiate with this
2: daemon that we get this one moon of this one planet of this system. He can keep everything else, and but the Zindi colony would trigger the ownership clause for the entire system. Is how I'm interpreting it. How is am I on the right track, Lieutenant?
1: You are, but based on what I understood from the Zindi protocols, they do need a planet for their birthing ritual, but they're also going to need planets to expand. A million life forms, even on a a planet of this size, is going to need resources and such like that. So they would likely need more than just this one colony. They would need mining colonies. They would need the ability to build ships. They would need things that are basically found system-wide. Unless they were going to, be, unless the Federation was going to indefinitely support by resources, and this far out, I think that might be a stretch.
3: There may be a way to scratch each other's back here. If the Ferengi needs someone to basically improve the system for him to keep it, the Zindi can do some of the work in exchange for inhabiting the planet. We might be able to negotiate some kind of exclusive sales rights if you could have the Zindi do the colonizing and whatnot and have the Ferengi move in a space station, a smaller one that was just a hub for in and out and travel. And then they can collect, I don't know, tolls or whatever, but a million people to buy stuff might be lucrative. It might be something they're interested in. A million Zindi would develop this system pretty quickly. And if there's some kind of exclusive trade rights, at least for the next, however many, whatever, we can negotiate time-wise.
2: First steps first, and let me get your opinion all. We need to validate that the Zindi would even accept the planet. Now, I have a feeling that Damon is going to protest. Like all good businessmen, we need to validate the goods before we buy. Believe was the expression. Now we do have the option to try and play it off that it oh yeah no we're it won't work for us we'll try but we're willing in the offer of friendship and peace for the federation to take this burdensome contract off of their hands for whatever it was he paid for it in a dabo game, but that would require engaging in a multi-stage level deception which could unravel secondly second option I'm thinking is we can ask him what his price is and when he says a metric ton of latinum we negotiate from there as long as we don't break the bank the Commodore Pritchard is confident we can pay for it out of Asselin station's budget third we try and find another planet It'll take us about three days, but the Zindi are just going to have to wait. We know that they have still time, despite their growing
0: impatience. Sir, I might have another option, but I will need to make some calls. Absolutely. Mostly, this is just a
2: brainstorming session to see if anyone has any other ideas. Those are the three Starfleet protocol negotiation tactics that i came up with but i'm open to any creative solutions that you all have acquired throughout your careers so
3: i think step number one is to find out if the world will be acceptable to the zindi in the first place
2: yes because otherwise that if not we're just buying something we don't want So I guess that if that's step one, then that means step two is negotiating f- with this Daemon to allow us to finish our scans and run our tests. Commander, I know we're out here on the edge of space, but if there's any way we can get a communication back to Ferenginar and, or the Breen or where whoever's got this title for this star system and confirm its validity, I know Commander Ocean has very fine security, cybersecurity skills, but it would be nice to be able to actually verify this claim. Only to in, instead of finding out after we load up his decora class ship with a pile of platinum that he
1: didn't actually own this. So while the provenance is what was originally sought after, and that's the information you have from there as far as its original where it got to and and how it was seated after the war that's actually a matter of record as far as the war reparations acts that were handled between the federation and parties that were former members of the dominion so that is actually a known fact it was listed as one of the systems seated in that it's like way down deep because it's not a well-known system it was not even in Federation space but because there's so many parties that were involved in that war there they it is definitely there so that's a fact it was you the Breen and but with your question it is very easy to verify no rules are going to be necessary that if it is not improved upon within a period of time that being two years if they're, basically, if somebody hasn't broken ground on some kind of legitimate facility within two years of ownership immediately reverts back to the breed. And that's going to be our leverage point with this Ferengi. What follows is after ground is broken, there's a five-year period to have basically a working structure and set up and sustainable presence. So basically, you've got two years to get something started, and then you've got five years to make it sustainable is how this particular contract
2: disorder. Perfect. And I assume and presume that the diplomatic corps have a timeline for this Cindy colony on what it's going to be doing now that we unders- figured out that the ship was full of a million of them, yep. they've got a plan. Absolutely. Would that fit within that five-year timeline? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So he's got the world, we've got the people, that makes us business partners.
1: How long ago did he say he got the world? The deed says that he transferred it roughly one year and eleven months ago. You are within two we- You are within two weeks of this reverting to Breen control. Very good.
2: Looks like it'll be a mutually beneficial transaction for all involved. So let's go negotiate us the deal. Okay.
1: How would you like to proceed? First, let's give the good Damon a call.
0: All right. Open up a channel.
1: know When the curtains part, you see the Damon, his, he's leaned back in his command chair, his feet are up on something, and he's sipping from a wine glass, or actually he's effervescing, taking in the sense of a wine glass. I love the smell of Trill Wines. Finest vineyards on planet Trill. Yeah, excellent. I grew up not too far from there, Damon. Then I should have to share the bounty of my ship with you once we conclude our business. Absolutely. You
2: were very fortuitously arrived while we were just conducting. Our final scans to determine whether or not moon alpha two of planet seven would be suitable for our needs i would propose that we finish our scans we're more than happy to share the information with you we have a lot of i already have it oh we'd love to see it if you're willing to share it with us Otherwise we can conduct it on our own.
1: There's an old addendum, didn't quite make the rules of acquisition, but it goes something like, when you are selling the shuttle, they get a test drive, but they don't get to look at everything. You said it was good enough for your needs, so it's good enough for your needs. Should be enough to negotiate prices. Terms. we should talk deal now if anything you would find from this point would make it less than good for your needs that puts you at an advantage and me at a disadvantage no good daemon would ever allow himself to be put into disadvantage we are even now there are mysteries for you you have little questions. There are mysteries for me. I don't know exactly what you need. But I don't need to know that. I need to know how much you are willing to spend. And allow me to suggest something. When one mutes a conversation, one should make sure the person on the other side of the screen cannot read lips. (laughs) i am very fluent in your captain kirk and his cut the noise motions i am impressed by your gusto if you were in business i think you could have made a half good Ferengi. that is quite the compliment
2: Damon. i was also testing you to see if you were had
1: the what is the expression the lobes for business, as it were? I always have the lobes. But understand, half as good is halfway to not being good enough. Now, business. How much are you willing to part with for this system? For the system, nothing. We're only interested in this one planet. Nope. Package <laughs> deal. Why would I sell? the best cow when I have the whole herd.
2: Because the herd is about to go back to the Breen in three weeks. Hmm. I am more... I'm of- sure the Federation would be more than willing to negotiate with the Breen afterwards. be a little tricky on the timing, but we have plenty of time. We're simply doing initial reconnaissance work for possible suitability of this star system,
1: until
2: I have the confirmation that this star system is viable for our needs and remains one of many potential star systems that me and my colleagues are exploring throughout this region of space.
1: I will help you out, Captain Tobor. The Breen are not going to deal with your federation for this system. And why is that, sir? It doesn't track. All of the systems they've seeded, when they have been successful in getting them back, they have refused, not even taken meetings about them. They are getting back all of their lost territory. If it's not an official part of Federation, Cardassian, Bajoran, or some other faction space, they are buying it up they are spending exorbitant sums or exercising the clauses that were written into the armistice if they get it back you'll never have it in fact there are at least 40 systems in the surrounding sectors that will be reverting to brain control in the next year and a half I'm glad I
2: don't have to explain to you, Damon, that the limited nature of your claim if we cannot come to some sort of reasonable
1: accord we all lose. So I'm sure there's something... i won this in a bet and while I will lose great face if I am not able to make profit on it it cost me nothing. That's kind of investment. It is all or nothing though. I am not selling part of it. I am selling all of it. Oh, very good. So, again, your price. What are you willing to pay? Ooh, I
2: I've never bought a star system before. Like a thousand bars of Latinum? Mm-hmm. Please.
1: You are not that foolish, Captain. We're the Federation. We don't use money. If I give you a, rights to a system with unlimited resources. There are two gas giants. If you were to be able to use the gases on any of these giants, you would have a near limitless supply of those gases. The only cost to you would be shipping it from here to wherever there may be.
2: What about an exclusive contract of sale and distribution of any minerals that are put out of this star system, controlled and occupied uh, operated
1: by you and you alone? too much investment in resources. I think this free investment needs to generate profit, not cost additional investment. Try again, Captain.
2: I must admit, sir, you have me at a loss. I generally do not negotiate business deals because we can replicate
1: most everything we could desire. Really? What, give me examples. What can you replicate? Food, art,
2: entertainment, all the essential needs. Impulse manifolds. With enough time and parts. Yes. Not the dilithium crystals, of course. Everything uh, else you need to build a warp engine. EPS conduits. We have industrial replicators, yes, of course. Hmm. Containment field generators? I look over at Tenari. I nod yes. So I guess, Daemon, the question is what does a businessman of your caliber need? What would parlay most efficiently into your vast business empire? Most efficiently.
1: Let's just say a Daemon had a small fleet of freighters in his control. Freighters that were in need of modifications, upgrades,
3: a few spare parts. I'm going to type into a pad and send it to the captain. How about a break or free docking at the station?
2: So I'll read that and I'll be like, well, I'm sure that since you knew of me and my ship, you also know that we are aligned with Pritchard at Astolin Station. There we have facilities to make repairs and subtle modifications to merchant cargo vessels. We'd be more than happy to assist you in a mutually beneficial relationship.
1: The daemon take a file and he starts actually filing at his teeth while he's talking. I try not to grimace in disgust.
0: I'm gonna send a note by a pad to the captain it would help me if you could stall and allow us some time to explore other avenues.
1: I like the way you're leaning, Captain.
2: Very good. Of course, I cannot speak for the Admiral, but I do know he said to negotiate with you. So if you would be so kind, I may reach back to my commanding officer and see exactly what provisions we can offer. Because so I would not want to waste your time by making an offer I do not have the explicit authority to make.
1: Then we'll reconvene, say an hour. Very good. Thank you, Damon. Have a good afternoon. I'll talk to you in an hour. You're very welcome. I will send you the coordinates. Doo-doo-doo. There's a case of trill wine for you. Please enjoy. Consider it mm, a down payment on a great future business arrangement. You are too generous, sir. I am not generous. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: You are a wise investor, sir. Sorry.
1: There's much to teach you, Captain, but at least you are teachable. Damon Braddock. And the screen goes black. I look over at Najar. What did you get from him? He was not happy to know that we knew about the terms of this going back to the brain. It took him a few beats to figure out how he was gonna word that. He is definitely in a save face mode. Commander Shaw, have
2: engineering lock onto that case of wine. I'm going to my quarters to take a shower.
1: Roger that, sir. All right. And Lieutenant Commander Ocean?
0: So I have an ability that I can use a talent, but I have to wait for the end of the scene.
1: Uh Aha! Which
0: is why I was prompting for the uh, the delay.
1: I will allow the scene to close here.
0: Okay. I would like to use the talent well-informed. I have contacts everywhere, and I listen to news and rumors from far and wide. So at the beginning of the scene, I'm going to add one threat to ask two questions about the situation or location, as if we had spent momentum on the obtain information spend. Uh, this will be information gained from contacts and the news and the rumors that we've heard. The first question that I want to understand is, who is this Ferengi beholden to if the deal falls through? What's on the hook for him that he may not be sharing with us? Is he is the grand négus going to be breathing down his neck? Is it Br- Br- grand Nagus already breathing down his neck? What else is what else is horrible for him if he loses this this resource? Okay. And I'm open to suggestions on the second question.
2: I think the second question will be based off of. The answer
0: to the first one. Okay, yeah, it makes sense.
1: Okay, so basic question is: What is the downside for Damon if the deal falls through on his end? If he doesn't get yeah. something out of this, what's the downside?
0: Who does um, he owe money to, or yeah. what have you?
1: So, your contacts will report that he's a bit of an up-and-comer in the shipping industry. In fact, his he has he's being quite honest and legitimate. He has a small fleet of freighter ships, but they are old freighter ships, like really old. A couple of his ships were originally hit service in the uh, 2160s. So they're very old. They are capable, they're flyable, but they need upgrades. They've been modified over time, but generally speaking, they're going to need more modern engines, they're going to need more modern sensors, they're going to need a lot of work to make them really usable. Because of that, he's pretty much been relegated to smaller intrasystem freight traveling, And but he's made some deals. And like I said, up and coming, he got hold of this Decor class vessel, but your contacts will tell you he doesn't have a lot of crew. He basically is operating this thing on a skeleton crew. There's very few people on board this big ship. So this is the Crown Jewel. This is basically his home as well as his base of operations, his office, all of that. And he is trying to get his business really up and running, but he cannot compete in this area of space against the likes of Cassidy Yates with both her notoriety because of her marriage to the Cisco and with... Earth, several different Earth and Federation freight carrying supplies, so he is really trying to get into that business. He does not have the resources to improve this on his own. The downside for him is he loses this, and it's probably his last big shot of getting his business up and running. He's at the point where if he doesn't do something, get score some kind of contracts for his ships, as well as get the improvements, he's probably not going to be in business beyond a year or so. That's his real downside. He'll be back to square one. It's, okay. He does not owe anybody. Nobody's after him. But that starts happening if he doesn't get something out of this deal.
0: Okay. What else do we need to know? Does I, he? Have I have the the
2: thing. What the
1: question is like: How much is this fleet
2: worth? What is it gonna? What's the repair? Like, how much is
0: the actual deal gonna cost us? So I was actually gonna go a different different direction with that is if his business goes out if he's an up-and-comer who is he going to have to go crawling back to that he probably hates because if we can name drop that guy and say we are talking to that person about the trade routes and that it would be wonderful for him to undercut that individual and gain the gain the trade routes to this brand new station maybe that's an option to go cost is i see where you're going with it but i think the uh, i think playing to his ego and his sense of pride and the fact that probably has a lot of hate for the person that he used to work for otherwise why would you branch out on your own greed is good yes greed is eternal greed is ferengi
1: Here at Tabletop Journeys, we've leveled up our game and we're prepared to make your next role legendary. We've just started a partnership with Fanroll Dice, and they have over 300 product options to choose from. Gemstone, metal, new liquid core dice, and so much more. Better yet, listeners to the Tabletop Journeys podcast can get 10% off on their orders when they follow the link below and use discount code PODCAST10. A portion of these purchases come back to us, and this is a great way for you to help support this show. That's the question you're going with. Uh, who's he got to go back to?
0: Yeah, who's he going to crawl back to?
1: The answer to your question is Cassidy Yates. He was actually a ship captain for one of her freighters for a very long time, and he does not hate her. He actually learned a lot from her. In fact, this was basically his way of saying, I'm not a good friend if I don't own my own business. So she actually gave him a deal on some old ships. These aren't going to be good enough to be the kind of business you want, but do what you got to do. He yeah. did piss her off a little bit because he did try to undercut her on some shorter routes and stuff, but that has allowed her to do more, and she gains a pretty penny. In, of the three big freighting organizations in the area, she is the most expensive, but she's also the one that is the absolute fastest. The highest quality is probably the Federation one. Their cost is more intermediate, but their speed is a bit slow. This Ferengi is basically trying to undercut everybody for cost, so being the best price. But at the quality of ships he has, he's neither good in speed nor quality of delivery. His ships just don't get where they need to go fast enough. He's exceptionally slow. So he can match Cassidy for quality, but he is infinitely slower than anybody. And even undercutting price, no one's taking it at a lower quality. So he's trying to improve The the three wolves, right? You can be fast and quick. You can be fast and good. Or you can be cheap and quick. Or you can be cheap and good. He is cheap. So he's trying to master either fast or good. So that he can have a foothold in this business. But right now his ships are neither. So he's losing. It it is a matter of pride for him. But it's not a matter of hatred or even greed. He's just trying to be a good Ferengi. He is probably... Closer to a Nog or a Rom in his style of being Ferengi. He perpetrates very differently because he is definitely trading on the image of Ferengi. But he is not necessarily that image, i.e., I just gave you something for absolutely nothing because he's thinking – if I make friends with you, maybe you'll do a better deal with me. That's the way he thinks. That's not a Ferengi way of thinking per se, but it is gaining traction in in the halls of acquisition.
3: So it sounds like we can actually deal with him and not lose sleep over it. Yeah. One of the things that all businessmen like too is
2: passive income and guaranteed income. So if we could do some kind of deal with the Zindi, where he gets for that first five years until they're up and running as they own the system. He has exclusive rights to supply their expansion and then throw in something about reduced docking fees or repair costs at the station.
3: Um, some guaranteed re- repairs and upgrades at the station. He may just give us the system.
0: So, that yeah, and the fact that we're going to be dropping a million beings here would definitely but allow him to to have he has exclusive shipping rights to this area yes captain his ships and a and the trade routes are probably more valuable to him than immediate cash and both of them would be beneficial for both parties
3: yeah drop a deal with him where we fix up his ships and then give him the trade rights to help supply the Zindi
2: colony yes that sounds good all right, Commander Shaw. Would you prepare the mess hall for diplomatic negotiations? I know we're no galaxy-class starship, but I'm sure we can find some spit and polish to spread around. And if you would go uh, go raid Chief Vilaor's store of tube grubs,
3: replicate some bunting.
2: Yes, so some tablecloths and some napkins, and hopefully some swans. Yes, of those aluminum foil swans. Let's do that. Yeah, Little butter ducklings and stuff. <laughs> um, oh, and Commander, make the spread Bajoran. I want to remind him a little bit of his ties back to Miss Cisco.
1: Of course. All right. And... I would say presence and command for your role to get this set up. Do you have diplomacy as a focus at all, Lieutenant Commander?
0: No, I do not.
2: I have inspiration, but I don't know. Were those specific ones, or do we have to pick those?
1: For focus, it would be something more skill-oriented, or, uh,
2: yeah. No, I have damage control, small crafts, team dynamics. First aid, alien tech? No, probably not.
1: Nope, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I would say insight and command would be your role. Your difficulty for this is going to be a two. Essentially, Lee, uh, he's going to
2: attempt to create an advantage, right, for the upcoming talk to be, like, um, quote-unquote impressive. Present command is pretty high, but I think I still need to buy an extra die to sense it's a difficulty two. Sounds um, good. If that's okay with everyone, the momentum mm-hmm. to get the extra
3: of that. and six, nine, and three successes.
1: Excellent. You have it all set up, it looks very good, diplomatic in a way, but very business-like in a way, which is what you're going for in this particular case. And you are ready, you've got some tube grubs, replicating programs, various things that are particularly well-liked, typically and particularly well-liked by the Frangi. I have a couple more things on that, but I'm like, Mr. Ocean, I want
2: full diplomatic side party honors in to meet him in the transporter room full dress uniforms rifles the whole parade dog and pony show
1: understood sir
2: and egg senior staff as well all full mess dress break out the
1: lights excellent takes a little bit to get everything together. You send over the message, the Daemon agrees. He comes over, he says he's going to bring on just one attache with him. All right, let's go meet him in the transporter room. Before he comes over, I wanna have a quick word with
3: the medical officer on board right now. Okay. Make a comment that the Ferengi's coming over, I saw he had some Orion women on board. Have the medical officer aware of that?
2: Oh, Starfleet officers have been inoculated against those pheromones for several decades now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Commander, you do have two crew members one of your shuttle pilots and one member of your science station who are allergic to those inoculations, by the
0: way. Remove them from the, the rotation.
2: Excellent. Oh, of course. If
1: you had your Orion shots today, the pilot, however, is, does ha- have a a breathing apparatus that they can wear. Uh, they actually keep it with them. It's basically an advantage. It's a technical advantage that they have that protects them if they are ha- if they happen to be around an Orion being that your chief medical officer is Orion, that actually can happen. That science officer deals in cybernetics, actually built a device that keeps them, it's in its testing phases, so it seems to be working for them, but they've never had to worry about the medical officer trying to do anything to them, so it has not been properly field tested. So while they're being removed from service, the the science officer says, I think sir that this would be a great opportunity to see if this technology will actually work as long as the as long as the doctor signs off on it we can go for it the doctor says in my opinion I don't think that's a great idea based on the level of importance of this mission sir
2: very well then let's wait for another time to test it I don't want to restrict her to quarters but just don't yeah here go have some holodeck time ensign Sounds good. This is an Ozra, right? The con pilot. This is just one of our NPCs, right?
1: Yes, correct.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. So the Razig comes over. The Orion is the attache he was speaking of. She is in a uniform of sorts that looks something similar to the types of overalls they wore in the Enterprise era of Starfleet. But obviously not that exact style, but basically work overall kind of thing. It looks pretty clean and it looks it's zipped down a little lower than probably necessary, but it's definitely work attire. I communications officer, Captain.
2: A pleasure to make your acquaintance. This is my first officer, Lieutenant Commander Shaw, and my chief engineer, Lieutenant Tenari. Good to meet you. This, if you would, Daemon, you have prepared a brief feast
1: reception in your honor, and then we can get to business. I love the sound of your ship's engines, engineer. Thank you, Daemon. They hum in a tone that is pleasing to my lobes. A- as you are sensitive to the sounds of things, you must have tuned it so as to not be as annoying as some Starfleet vessels. The rhythmic thumping on some of the Excelsior-class vessels that I used to see. Very annoying. Very annoying. Not good at all.
3: Yes, beautiful ships, but they can sound horrible.
1: We are a lot alike. So, show me to this room where I assume, since you're all decked out, we have some food. Never do business on an empty stomach true true yeah you get to the mess hall everything's set up he sits down one of your crew members from the ops staff brings out a course of root grubs for him and brings out other charcuterie for the rest of you excellent excellent perfectly slimy as i like them so while we are talking about this what have you been thinking about the deal Oh, I think we can come to a very
2: mutually beneficial relationship. My chief tactical officer who has got the bridge watch, he's a very well-informed individual, and he has heard of the impressive business acumen of Damon Brazig. Has he now? He has. Your name has come up on several occasions of what
1: I believe they call players in this area of space? It's good to know that I'm in good company. So, let's be... What is that human's name you say? Francis? Let's be Francis. No, that's not it.
2: I look at Shaw.
1: Zelia.
2: I believe you're looking for Frank.
1: Yes! Let's be Frank!
2: Sir... Don't Don't
1: be frank. Frank has to do with it, but okay. Very good. I have a system for a short period of time. You want the system for a long period of time. May want
2: the system for a long period of time.
1: What are you going to give me for a long period of time to keep said system? First, two
2: things. Right to run your enterprise out of Astolin Station, including docking and repair services at a rate that is mutually agreeable to both of us. How about mutually profitable? Mutually profitable, yes. As well as exclusive rights to supply goods and services to the colony that will be set up and operated here for the
1: next... Let's say 10 years. Hmm. I think we are moving in the right direction. But 10 years is such a short time to plan the future of a galactic business. I think I need exclusive rights for 20 years. I'll um, we'll admit that I am negotiating on
2: the basis of something that does not exist yet. As long as we are all in understanding that this is
1: potential profit, we can make 20 years work. You raise a good point. How about this? We make it 15 years exclusive, but I want contracts such that my ships are always in motion to and from your Aslan station. We become a regular part of your freight situation i don't know i would fair rates my regular rates lower than anything else in the area true
2: for what i've read i don't handle those logistical operations at the station but your name has
1: come up a time or two i'm not looking for exclusivity for your aslan station Oh, then. Yes. I, want, I want exclusive for 15 years to this system, and I want to be utilized for freight runs such that I can dedicate a portion of my fleet to Aslan Station to and from. If my ships are in better repair, I can also do personnel runs for shore leaves, things like that, to Risa and other neighboring planets. A circuit route between DS Nine, Risa, and Aslan Station.
2: I see. Yes. And Art, speaking on the nature of upgrades, I think that is very much where the Federation as a valuable come in quite handy to you. We're, our engineering teams are second to none in this quadrant of the galaxy. I believe was Lieutenant. Wasn't the expression
1: the Dominion say we could make? Replicators from rocks? Yes, I believe that was the expression. I like it. And if your engineer can make my fleet come as beautifully as this, then I would say we have a deal.
2: As I say, I am acting on my proxy for the Admiral, but I will, from me, trust my judgment and my experience and counsel. I think this is a fair agreement, and I will transmit. these proposed terms you may draft them to your specifications and I will transmit them with my recommendation to the Admiral excellent then we shall toast with your trill wine ah very good let me see what was it to the 57th rule of acquisition good customers are as rare as latinum treasure them I have a feeling Damon that the Federation will be very good customers to you, if this works out mutually
1: profitable. I agree. And in the words of your sometimes allies, Kupla, uh, the toast is made. You have successfully secured the deal. Pritchard absolutely accepts the deal. He's fine with that. It works out very well. And Pritchard will also let Commander and your team know that he's exceptionally pleased because one of the problems that they're dealing with, if you recall, the last adventure that I ran was the fact that they they did not have access to enough supply ships to get the station built on time. And until the Zindi are ready to actually have supplies ferried to them, access to 18 more freighters to bring supplies will greatly correct some of the issues they've had. The rest of the evening passes. There's lots of pleasantries. The Rangis XO, Yolandra.
2: I thought she was communications. (laughs) He's got a skeleton crew
1: his communication, she's the XO She's everything but the chief engineer Actually She desperately liked When you were referred to as the XO She actually whispered in his ear a bit And so she has decided that she wants to become the XO And Davon absolutely said yes <laughs> uh, So are Ferengi inoculated or <laughs> That sounds like a private Who's question
0: that? Who's really in charge over there? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is the proper answer.
1: She who controls the lobes controls the business. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the rest of the evening goes well. Everybody's happy. He draws up terms that are essentially what we worked out. Very favorable because because of this deal ownership transfers over to the federation how the federation then cedes that is up to them but that takes care of the breen terms as far as that goes so there's should be there's no legal issues with the breen at this point obviously the federation under this circumstance will definitely give that to their partners the zindi one of their member nations. So this actually becomes officially a Federation territorial system, even though it's outside of Federation space per se. So Aslan Station, which is basically a beacon, an ambassadorial beacon within this open space, now has a full system that is now Federation territory under the watch of Aslan Station, Commodore Pritchard, and the crew of the Dalamus Christian. So. There are some kudos involved in this. If joining the tabletop journeys, actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for. Be sure to check out patreoncom slash TT journeys where patrons of the tabletop journeys podcast, not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary. At this point, there is the final scans to determine which of the two planets is necessary. This is one last, one last set of tasks, or one last extended task to see, to get this in process. And this is the pinpoint LFVCS, and there are two planets that you have to go by, or two planetoids that you're working on here. They would have to be done separately. So technically, there's two separate tasks. Unless you wish to split up, you have three ships that can do this. How would you like to proceed?
2: Is there any re? Is there any time constraint that would preclude us from just go making one full scan and then another full scan? other than an angry and irritated Zindi ambassador?
1: That would be the time constraint. It takes approximately 12 hours for this scan to complete. Even if you're using all three ships, it's not gonna reduce the time, it's only going to reduce the difficulty unless you wished to make the task more difficult. So you you could half the time by increasing the difficulty or not half the time. You could, basically, there's four categories of time and you could increase, you can decrease that time but it increases the difficulty for each decrease. So for example, this is, a, this is a half a day scan or a 12 hour scan. If you wish to make it a day and a half scan or if you wish to shorten that time to one hour it would be, that would increase the difficulty by one. If you wish to decrease that time to 15 minutes, you would increase that difficulty by two. The base difficulty you get is two? The base difficulty is two, but if you're using all three ships, you've reduced that difficulty by two. All right, well, so if we're at
2: base difficulty two modified down to zero, we'll add it up back up to one to split up and do the hour long roll process. Okay. So hopefully we should get done within three or four hours.
1: So this, the pinpoint task is now with all of our modifications, it's going to have a a difficulty of one, a resistance of two, a magnitude of two, and the amount of work required for this is only ten. I assume, XO, you're going to be on the other ship again? That is correct. I am taking
2: out the Kitty Hawk and and those brand new sensors. I did help design the Eagle, so... (laughs) That's why you're not worried about the Eagle. You designed it, so... Yeah. This one's got a a lot of duct tape on it. And I brought two spare rolls. (laughs) Okay.
3: We designed the eagle. We designed the kitty hawk. We might as well just start a production line on the sh- in the shuttle bay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Tanari's so-
2: custom rides.
3: Yep. You better believe I'm painting the kitty hawk.
2: <laughs> Racing oh. stripes,
1: flames. There you go. There you go. And- Spinners. then the cells do that. Yep.
2: <laughs> Did you put spinners on the nacelles, Lieutenant?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what? <laughs> this ship straight out of Dilamys. <laughs> oh goodness. Let's see here. Marty, you said you were buying two dice, so two momentum? I say, but sure. <laughs> Oh, I thought that's what I heard you say. If you didn't say that, then that's fine. I could have misheard you. We're actually going to start with the Dalamas Christian on this one. Uh, Captain, you are up. Very good. We will, again, science
2: it. So I will do a reason science roll. I will spend one momentum for a third die. Okay. Just because success is always better than... Not so reason science is a 14, 13, 14, and an 18. So I have two successes,
1: okay. Lost the ship. If someone wants to roll, that's science, Adam. If you would roll, I rolled an eight, excellent. So that's a success, also. So our total successes three, and it has a resistance of two. So you're going to gain two momentum, by the way.
2: So I'll spend one of those two momentum to pierce through the resistance. Got it. Do just six dice. Ooh, garbage. Okay, two two effects. So I'll spend another momentum to reroll the four dice. Two more successes, and I will spend a third momentum. To buy a fifth result,
1: okay, and,
2: and a breakthrough.
1: All right, so that's five, and you pierced on one, so it reads like a six, no, right? It reads like a seven, technically. Yeah, reads like a seven, giving you one breakthrough. Got it.
3: How many in right? total did you spend?
1: It, it generated generated two. So
2: actually, spent four. Yeah. Generated two so we're down two momentum total
1: so should have four total momentum is is that right we were at four so we should actually be at two you were at five five okay so then we should be at three okay got it that brings us to engineering
3: i'm gonna try to do the computer thing again to this time trying to get the computers to make the three ship's sensors work together more smoothly. Okay. And this time, so I can get my bold engineering talent to work, I'm going to spend a threat for a third dice.
2: Excellent. Love it.
3: And I believe this will be reason engineering. Yep. So that's a 14. ouch. 15, 15, 20. So using my bold engineering, I will re-roll the 20.
2: Yep. <laughs> Dang it!
3: That is an 11, so that's one success.
2: The ship will assist with a 3, and it being a... Ooh, if that is... That's a science roll? Computer science? Yep. All right, that's a critical success, so that's three. That's two successes from the ship.
3: Okay. Can I spend my determination to re-roll the other two dice? Don't need it at this point.
1: Okay. Were you spending momentum to pierce?
3: Yes. Three successes, right? Yeah. We
2: got two successes. No, I got a crit, and okay. you got one. So we got three, then. So we got two momentum, spending one of that to pierce. So go ahead and roll your two Plus your engineering. So that's six. and I are both like, one, two, three, four. Yep. Yeah. Carry the one, click. All right.
3: Two fives, one, two, four. So I believe that's four
2: successes. one. So a one, a two. Two, and two, two fives, so you've got five, because so the two counts as two.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: So you hit it right on the nose.
1: All right. Success. Of the two planets you were investigating, the moon that's going to work the best on Vescon 7 is going to be the first moon, and that first moon is very verdant. It has a full, fairly thick atmosphere, which keeps it very warm compared to its distance from its star. It is tidally locked to the planet, so it does have a warm and a colder side, but that, because it's, there are some danger areas in a few regions of volcanic activity, this moon's core is molten and it actually has thinner areas of crust where there's a lot of volcanic activity. So that's why it's got this environment that is staying warm despite its distance. But it is safe. It is life-supporting. And all scans indicate that it will be life-supporting for a very long time. It has yet to have any sentient or even proto-sentient life. It is mostly vegetation. There are some non-sentient insects and small single-cell single cell water organisms, things of that nature. Nothing terribly complex at this stage in its development. Is this the larger or the smaller of the two moons? This is the larger of the two moons. Okay. But it will definitely support Zindi life. It has very tectonically stable areas as well. So construction, building things here will not be a problem. Several of the other moons will easily be able to house mining facilities. It does have a moon that is perfectly capable or there are several asteroids that are perfectly capable of supplying dilithium, not for major scale operations, but certainly for system wide operations. If if they had small shipbuilding facilities for this system and generator building facilities, they would be able to survive here and be self-sustaining here for a population the size of what the Zindi are bringing to bear. This will definitely work. The only possible negative is every area of the planet does not get that does not get that sun all the time. Like it because of its tidal lock nature, that's the one thing that would not be great. So when selling it to the Zindi, you're gonna have to sell it on its uh, its resource accessibility, its proximity to Aslan Station, the fact that it's theirs free and clear, they've got supply details already worked out for them, all of the things you can think of. They actually have access to the entire system, so there may be other resources on other planets that other surveys can bring at later points, but this basically looks like it should work. And with that, the Zindi contact you. Ambassador, it is a pleasure to see you again. Captain, I am
2: waiting for your report. Yes, we have found you what I believe to be the most suitable environment to date. We're transmitting the information to you now. As you can see in the executive summary, it meets all of the habitation requirements. It has these I'll go down the list of things you just read off like And as a bonus, the gas giants rings are spectacular view and could be a source of a future tourist industry if that's something you so chose to exploit. And I show, I send them high res sensor stuff of the auroras and all the fancy looking part. Like just selling the deal, thousand percent.
1: Excellent. That would be a presence command roll.
2: Very good. I am going to spend my determination point. The chair is where I belong, and I'm gonna. That's my value I'm using, and it's just I give them the full. This is the the only way. It's like this is a great deal, but like this with the subtle implication of it's this or all of your babies hatch and starve to death. <laughs> they're, but they're very diplomatically and subtle, like the time to be picky has passed, and so I'll spend my determination to get one automatic critical success. And then, how much momentum do we have left? We
1: have three.
2: Three, so I'll spend two of those three to get a... Because the determination counts as a die, I have to buy the next die as though it was the fourth. Okay. So that's why it costs two. So I will roll three dice and have the one automatic success. I have diplomacy, protocol, and xeno-anthropology as well as diffuse the tension. Oh, they're not going to resort to violence, I don't think, right? No. Not over comms. I can't get a bonus T 20
1: He's going to flip a table or some other sort of violence. <laughs> He's going p- con- to pound his shoe on the table. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to
2: pound him- his
3: shoe on the table, yeah. You can give him remote control over the ship's self-destruct. <laughs> okay.
1: Ooh. Oh yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I'm on five successes.
2: I'm on seven.
1: <laughs> a two, a
2: two, a five, and a ten. So those are my. Uh, that's five there plus my determination for another critical. So I got three crit- crits out of this one.
1: My. Goodness! I thought I had you. Don't mess with the three hundred year old worm. I was pretty sure I had you on that one. I had two criticals. It just yeah. Teller's heart. Well, yeah, I rolled the two and the five is what did it with my five command. I mean, without the determination, we tie. He looks to the primate ambassador, nods, clacks his, his fingers together, and his pace slows. His jitteriness slows down. I will ready the ship. Tobor of the Dalamis Christian, you have done well this day. You and your crew are to be commended. You are too kind, Ambassador. May your future broodlings walk in your paths. May yours do the same. With that, he steps aside, Pritchard steps into the into the view of the screen says Commander, excellent job. crew fantastic work. Thank you, sir. I shall pass the word to the crew. Let our new Ferengi business partner know that when he next reaches the station we will set up offices for his business and quarters for his employees. I'll put him in touch with the quartermaster, and they'll begin helping him if he's in new need of crew or anything like that. We can certainly help him with connections with some of the local systems. Of course, I shall let him know. I assume all the your Jag team and everything looked over the terms and found it to be all acceptable. Absolutely, very well done. Thank you. When you return to Aslan Station, there will be some news. There's going to be some personnel reassignments. Given the success of this mission, the success of being able to get the station better supplied, we're going to have to reallocate some of our personnel resources. Some of the executive crew and bridge crew of the Dalamas Christian will be transferred to the Michael Collins. Michael Collins will be assigned to Aslan Station and this region under my command, and they're going to need some folks who are at least a little better versed in the locals. Understood, sir. Very good.
2: We shall await the arrival of the Zindi ship and help them settle in and start the brooding ritual, I guess is what they're calling it. What are you wearing to a brooding ritual, sir? Is it a, are there formal robes?
1: Is there a special attire? whenever I go to a brood, I scowl. Pritchard out.
2: (laughs) Dad jokes too, huh?
1: (laughs) Come on. It was right there. It was right there.
2: (laughs) Admiral dad joke. Yeah, I tell you You what.
3: While this is going on, Commander Shaw and I are hot-dogging the Kitty Hawk through the ring
1: system. Okay. (laughs) Pretty much. Con, permission to buzz the tower? (laughs) Negative, Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. (laughs) When the Zindi ship arrives, the Zindi ambassador is very pleased as they they launch their life pods that have the various egg sacs to the planet. It is not something that you can actually see happen, but as it's happening, you notice the Aurora comes around again and it does that whole thing. And it just creates this brilliant light show. And the readings on your ship pick up the heat signatures from these various pods. And you can see that there's just an explosion of life on the planet, like almost all at once as these things begin to hatch. A million beings have just come into this life cycle, this part of their life cycle, that, the, that this is an entire generation of an offshoot of this species that has now has a home and it has that home because of this crew and the work you've done and that they're happy with that home that they're going to be happy with that home
2: there's the one scene as the on the bridge the main viewer with the aurora and the pods glittering into the atmosphere where i just put my hand on jaw's shoulder and just say we made this happen and if it weren't for your dedication to the principles of life commander we wouldn't be here today so good work you and every hear that. And you'll
3: see if there's a little tear in the corner of Shaw's eye that winks away. Doesn't quite rub away, but just blinks away. Thank you, sir.
1: The four of you will be awarded the Federation Medal of Distinction, and this is a medal that is awarded for meritorious conduct and service to Starfleet and the Federation as a whole in diplomatic matters. This provides you the trait, medical Medal of Distinction Diplomacy, so that is a trait that you all can add to your character sheets. There are different Medals of Distinction for different types of actions. This is specifically the Diplomacy one. So the award is a platinum medal with the Federation Diplomatic Corps symbol. And it is held on a purple ribbon, the color of the Federation Diplomatic Corps. It is a medal that can be awarded to both Starfleet and civilian personnel because it's a diplomatic type of thing. But you guys did really well. You basically saved the Federation's hides on this one because essentially the Federation screwed up and nearly created a situation that could have caused a genocide or could have derailed all of the work that's been done over the last 15 years in this sector and all of the plans that were set for this area if this had gone badly. That that win is on you.
3: One more aside while we're waiting for the Zindi to show up, of course with the captain's permission, Tanari would like to take very detailed scans of the Aurora while we're there.
1: Absolutely. Just
3: because that's the kind of thing that would fascinate a Starfleet officer.
1: I'm not even going to have you roll because you have to do this. And Starfleet personnel with infinite times, clearly you have the equipment to do sensor types of things in massive and impressive ways with your now three ships that can triangulate. You've got protocols to do crazy good things with sensors. A couple very specific things about the Aurora here. One, the gas that is being used is a very prominent and useful and rare gas it can be used for a lot of different things any non-warp engines it can be used for generating power quite easily it is because it's the entire gas giant is large is 86 percent this gas Is practically an infinite resource is what I'm saying. Because you have a gas giant like the size of Jupiter, you're never going to use enough of this gas to create an environmental problem. That's just not possible. So you have an infinite source of this gas, which is able to be used. The one challenge is to transport it long distances or in large quantities. You do need specialty ships for that. But it is a very useful gas so it would be very easy to have refining facilities on some of the non-life-sustaining moons and have collection stations built and ships within the next couple of years that you could build up several different facilities to definitely support heating, cooling, and energy needs. Basically, green energy needs for the entire system can be done with just what's here on this particular moon. The million-dollar question. Life signs? Not in the aurora and not on the, not on this moon. There are some life signs on the other planet. Had you actually gone to the other planet, you could have lost a lot of valuable time. There are life signs, nothing in the range of sentience, but there are some proto sentient. There are signs of proto sentient life on the other moons on the inner planet definitely things that by Starfleet protocols would be people to stay away from it in general, but it is a great way to study life cycles, so duck blinds, things of that nature to watch these proto-sentient. There's there's a lot of good scientific discovery. The system has a wealth of options. We need to call for second contact. What you pick up from your scan is that Part of the reason for the coloring is that s- weird strobe effect that s- subspace in this region ha- has interacts with the solar winds that are creating the Aurora effect. That's where that color comes from. That's very strange and fairly unique, not a color. S- it's not a color hue that you've seen elsewhere, even in the few places where you find this gas you don't see that coloring and that seems to be unique to this region of space because of wherever this subspace stuff in this region is coming from. It seems to impact everything. But interestingly, parts of this solar system are shielded slash shadowed depending on the rotation of the system by a nearby nebula. So this is providing you with very important information. You now have a direction for the cause of that subspace distortion effect and that's something you did not have before this particular scan
2: we will definitely note it and dispatch out more scientific vessels to study this area
1: so with that we've come to the end of this particular episode thanks so much live long and prosper (laughs) idic y'all